0: Hello, and thank you for joining us today. Um, every Sunday night, we do some teaching on the subject of healing, and we just look into the Word of God and uh, want to learn some things specifically about this subject. Um, now, I just want to cover some, some almost some basic, simple truths, to, which might be simple to some people, but there are areas that people are still confused about. Um, and, you know, we hear all kinds of different things in the church. We hear some, some, some people might have heard that God wants them to be sick or God has a, a, a purpose or a mysterious reason behind them being sick. Some people might have heard that God gets glory out of their sickness. And there's all kinds of different beliefs going on in the church. Uh, some people think that maybe maybe God is working with the devil and, and, and has a reason Uh, And and, and God is allowing the enemy to do these things and all kinds of things like that. Now, the the, the, the challenge with those kind of ideas and, and those kind of ideas are very deep rooted in the church and very deep rooted in different denominations and groups. And they've heard all kinds of things. The problem or the challenge with some of those ideas is if you don't know. Uh, whether God wants to heal you or not, then you end up becoming a lot more passive towards sickness. You know, if, if people think, well, you know, maybe God wants the sickness in my life, then they're not going to really try to get rid of it. I mean, they might try to go to doctors, but I'm talking, try to get rid of it using prayer and other things like that. Or, or maybe they'll end up begging God, you know, almost like they're trying to convince God to heal them. But they're not really sure whether he wants to. Or they're trying to get him to do something that that we don't really know whether he wants to do it or not. Now, the other challenge is is that people have this idea. Well, if God wants me to to be healed, then he'll heal me. Uh, And if I'm not healed, then that's probably proof he doesn't want to heal me. Well, we want to look at some of these things, the scriptures. I I just want to help you in some areas today. Because I believe it's important that we have some clarity about what God wants and what he doesn't want. Now, Some people don't think we know that. And I'll cover that in just a moment as well. Can we or can't we know what God's will is? Uh, so for some of you have heard me teach a lot, this is going to be far more foundational today. But I believe you really need to, to, get, to, to, to get into some of these foundational issues. Because there's Christians that really are still struggling in these areas. Now, The Bible tells us that we are supposed to submit to God and resist the devil. Uh, And that's written a couple of times in the New Testament. Uh, And there's a few other things. I mean, if you look in Ephesians 6 where it talks about the armor of God, it tells us that the reason we have the armor of God is so that we can withstand or stand against the wiles. And that word wiles means strategies of the devil, of the enemy. Now, how can we submit to God and resist the devil if we don't know what is coming from God and what is coming from the devil? If if we're confused about who's doing what, we're not going to know what to submit to or resist to. And um, it, it, it makes it impossible to actually do that scripture. If I think something is coming from God, they're more likely to submit to it. Or, you know, if if it really is coming from God, then we should submit to it. But you see, the Bible tells us to have opposite responses to God and devil. Uh, opposite responses to what the devil's doing and what God's doing. We're supposed to submit to God, resist the devil. That, that, those are opposite responses. That means if something comes into my life and it's from God, I'm supposed to submit to it. If something comes into my life and it's from the enemy, I'm supposed to resist it. Now, if I don't know whether it's coming from God or not, how am I going to know whether I'm supposed to yield to it or whether I'm supposed to resist to it? Resist it. See, this is, this is why it is important. We, we need to know what comes from God. Otherwise, we cannot obey the instruction in the Bible to submit to God and resist the devil. Many Christians think that by submitting to everything that comes into my life, that I am submitting to God. Actually, that 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 mentality is not accurate. We're not, we're not told to submit to anything and everything. We're specifically told to submit to God. So we, we, we need to really examine this if and, and get a better, clearer idea as to know in the, for example, in the area of sickness and healing. Does it come from God? Does God want it in my life? And can I even know whether God wants it in my life? Many Christians have been taught we can't know these things. They hear, they've been taught, well, you know, God's will is a mystery that we can just never know. and, 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 you know, we just have to just accept the things that happen to us. Again, as I've explained to you a moment ago, it's not actually an entirely scriptural mentality because if you're told to resist something, then that's not acceptance of that thing. If you're resisting it, that's not accepting it. If we're supposed to, as some people tell us, just accept everything, where's the resistance? What are we going to resist? The Bible tells us there are some things you should submit to or accept. And there are some things you should resist. How, how are we going to know if we don't know what to submit to and what to resist? How are we going to obey that scripture? seems to me like we need a bit of clarity as to what's coming from god what is what god is involved in and what he's not now is it possible to know that this is what we want to look at we want to look specifically in the area of healing uh, to help you understand this now let's look here in romans chapter 10 i'm going to read uh, i think it's verse 1 and three um and 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 this this verses these verses are not specifically talking about healing but i want you to notice a principle here and get a hold of this principle, and even look at it in your own Bibles, and, and highlight some things if you have to. And I have seen some of the hellos. It's good to see you, Anna, and some of the others. God, God bless you. But let's let's look here in Romans chapter ten, uh, verse one. It's talking about Israel, uh, but it says, "Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved." Uh, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Uh, they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Notice that phrase. Now, he is not saying this is a good thing. He's indicating that this this, this zeal without knowledge led them down the wrong path and got them, into, got them in, on the wrong track in some areas. Now, don't get me wrong. Zeal, passion is good. But passion based upon lack of knowledge can lead you in the wrong direction. There's many sincere Christians, many who are passionate about God, who don't really know what God wants in the area of healing. I'm not saying they're not sincere Christians. God loves them. They love the Lord. But because of what they do not know, there's areas that the enemy is getting access into their lives because of their ignorance, because of what they don't know. Now, I'm not saying that's a condemnation. I'm saying that to help i want to show you some things we've been taught many people have been taught from the pulpit that we cannot know some things now i'm here to show you that the new testament uh says the opposite then in the new testament god has turned the lights on uh over and over again you see paul prayed that we in ephesians 1 that we might know some things he didn't pray, Lord, we can never know, so just help us anyway. No, he prayed that the church would see and know some things. And in fact, uh, in, let me let me continue on Romans 3 before I get to the next part. But, so we've just seen that they, Israel had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And I believe a lot of Christians are in that place. they sincere, they love God. I'm not questioning that. I'm not saying they're not saved, but... Their, their, their passion is not built upon knowledge. And as a result, they, they, there's some things in their life that they are submitting to that they should actually be resisting. They're, they're letting the enemy get the upper hand of them because they don't know any better in that area. Again, that's not condemnation or a criticism. I'm trying to help some people here. Now, let's look at verse 3. Verse 3 says this. And it, on. it says, for they, still talking about Israel. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Notice that word ignorant. Ignorant means they did not know. There's some things they, they were ignorant of. They, they didn't know about some things. And it says for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Uh, in other words, put, the, put those phrases together in verse three, the start and the end. Uh, for they being ignorant have not submitted okay, to the righteousness of God. Or we can could, we could kind of paraphrase it this way. Because of their ignorance of some of the things of God. They did not correctly submit to the things of God. Now what this verse. The principle that this verse is teaching us. Is that you cannot properly submit to God when you're ignorant. Not knowing some things does not make us more submissive to God it actually hinders our submission to God it, it it blocks us it causes us to submit to things that are not from God thinking they're from God see that's the trap Israel fell in They because they didn't know some things they were ignorant according to what Paul is saying here they submitted to the wrong thing Now, I believe a lot of Christians are submitting to things like sickness, thinking it's from God. Now, they love God, they're sincere, but because of what they do not know, because even sometimes they've been mistaught and they haven't seen some things in the word, they're submitting to that sickness, thinking they're submitting to God, when in fact they're actually allowing the enemy access to work in some areas. Now, remember what I started today. The Bible says we are to submit to God and resist the devil. We're not supposed to submit to everything. We're supposed to know what to submit to and what to resist. Now, can we know this in the area of healing and sickness? Like I said, some Christians say we can't, but let's explore this. Let's ask ourselves and, and just be open to some things here and to begin to look. Now, many Christians might have heard. That the will of God is a mystery. You know, you know, we hear phrases, well, you know, you never really know the will of God. Okay, let's let's just let's just think about that for a minute. If I said to you, is it God's will for you to lie or to tell the truth? If I said, you know, does God want you to lie? I think most Christians would, would, would not would not accept that God wants us to lie. They would say, no, 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 we're not supposed to lie. Well, that I would have to turn around and say, but I thought you just told me a minute ago we can't know the will of God. How how come you think we can know the will of God in the area of lying, but not in other areas? Let's take another more extreme example. If I said to you, well, you know, we don't really know uh, whether God wants us to commit adultery or not. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm proposing something to you. If I said, you know, we don't really know whether God wants us to commit adultery or not, because we can never know the will of God. It's a mystery. I think most Christians would probably accuse me of preaching heresy if I said that. They would say, oh, no, 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 God, God's against that. God doesn't want us to do that. Uh, sorry, God doesn't want us to do that. I thought you just told me we cannot know the will of God. You see, what I'm going to illustrate here is actually we can know the will of God. The, how do we know whether God wants us to lie or to commit adultery? Or, or let's let's just broaden it. Does God want us to sin? Most Christians say, no, no, God doesn't want us to sin. Well, then you know the will of God in that area. So how do we know? How do we know God doesn't want us to sin? How do we know God doesn't want us to lie or commit adultery? It's because he has shown us in his word. In his word, he has revealed those things to us. And because we have his word, we have an understanding of what he wants and what he does not want in those areas. Uh, If I said to you, does God want us? You know, does God want us to walk in love or to walk in forgiveness, uh, or, or does it not really matter to God? Or do we know whether God wants us to walk in love? Most Christians would probably say, "No, no, no, no. We, we we're supposed to walk in love." You know, Jesus said, "This is a commandment I give to you: walk in love." Well, then I would have to turn around and say, "Well, clearly, you're telling me that it is the will of God for us to walk in love, and it is the will of God for us to forgive." Now, if we can know the will of God in the area of love and forgiveness and sin and lying, how come you say we can't know the will of God in the area of healing? I'm just trying to open your eyes to some things and illustrate. Maybe we can know the will of God. Maybe we can. Maybe there's a bit more to this than we've realized. And our own lack of knowledge and, and lack of understanding in areas has led us to think we can't know the will of God in the area of healing. Now, just think about this for as a strategy. You know, if if an enemy wants to bring something into your life, well, if, if, on a spiritual, if, if the devil, let's, I won't even just do an illustration. Let's just talk directly about this. If the enemy, the devil, wants to bring something into your life that is from him, not from God, and if he wants you to get to accept it, one one really good strategy is to convince you it's from God and that God wants it in your life. If the enemy can convince Christians that that sickness, and, and, and let's say let's say for it now, the enemy is bringing the sickness, and the enemy gets us to think it's from God, then what are we going to do to it? We're not going to resist it. We're going to just accept it. We're going to yield up. We're going to, say, you know, maybe it's from the Lord. And, and this is a strategy the enemy has used in the church. He has pulled the wool over our eyes into thinking we have to accept some things that come from him as if they come from God. Now, if you go to Ephesians chapter one and I see people joining us. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. Thank you for the comments. I appreciate comments and likes and shares on these, these teachings. Okay, Ephesians chapter one, verse nine says this. Having made known to us The mystery of his will. Do I even have to explain that any further? That says it as clear as you can say it. Having made known to us the mystery of his will. Does that give you the idea that he wants his will to still be a mystery? Now, he calls it the mystery of his will. And that's because it was a mystery before he made it known. But then it says, he has made it known to us. See, a mystery that is made known is no longer a mystery. If he has made known to us the mystery of his will, then his will is no longer a mystery. Problem is, many Christians don't realize this. They don't realize that God has made known to us some things. And I'm going to show you how to see it. Where where exactly has he made known this to us in, in the area of healing and sickness? We're going to get there, just laying the groundwork. Now, this verse, Ephesians 1 verse 9, continues on and it says this. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. In other words, that phrase, let's let's break this down by phrase, which he purposed in himself. In other words, if you purpose something inside yourself, it means you decide, you make a decision, you you, you make an intentional decision to do something. Now, this is saying God purposed within himself to do what? To make known to us the mystery of his will. He made a decision. I want them to know my will. People talk about the sovereignty of God. Oh, you know, if God's a sovereign God. He can do anything he wants to. Usually when they teach that, they 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 try to get you to accept something negative in your life. Sickness, for example. What's the sovereignty of God? Well, let, let's, let's respect the sovereignty of God. Okay. Now, the sovereignty of God means God's right to do whatever he wants to do because he's God. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a quick little paraphrase of what that is. Means God can do whatever he wants to. It's his decision. Ephesians 1 9 just told you a decision God made. He did exactly what he wanted to do. Nobody forced him, him to do this. God purposed in himself. He made a decision. What was that decision? According to Ephesians 1 9, that decision that God determined he was going to do, that decision was to reveal his will. In other words, he didn't want us not to know his will. He didn't want us not going anymore. He made up his mind. I want you to know my will. I want you to know exactly what I want for you and what I don't want for you. He didn't want us in the dark anymore. That was an act of the sovereignty of God. He made a decision to do this. Then that verse goes on and says, well, just before it says, which he posted himself, it says, according to his good pleasure. In other words, pleased him. It made him happy. It made him smile to do this. It made God happy when he decided, I want you to know my will. He didn't sit there thinking, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I really didn't want them to know my will. He said it was his good pleasure. Now, if it, was, if it pleased God to reveal his will and to make his will known to us, then that tells me this. It is the will of God for us to know the will of God. God doesn't want us not knowing his will. Many Christians want to please God. And this verse says it pleased him to make his will known. Well, surely if I want to please him, then I need to cooperate with this and I need to find out what it is. If if me knowing his will pleases him, then I want to please him by knowing his will. Simple. It's not that hard. See, Christians, we've, we've, we've had the world pulled over our eyes. We've allowed the enemy to pull blinders over our eyes to confuse us, to lead us to think we call know the will of God. But that's contrary to what he says. In his word, he's revealed to us his will. Now, let, let, let's discuss this for a moment. Where, where can we know God's will concerning healing? Where are we going to find that out? Well, let me read you something in a Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1 verse one and two, Hebrews chapter one, verse one and two says this, God, that's a beautiful start to the book of Hebrews, starts right in there, it's talking about God here. It's about to tell you something about God himself. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. In other words, it's talking about the past. God in in, in the past, in various times in the past. Well, we could say he's talking the Old Testament here. All right. It says he spoke by the prophets. But does it say he stopped there? No. Notice what it says next. Verse 2 has, still talking about God, so God who spoke in time past by the prophets, that same God has in these last days that's talking about the time we're living in, has in these last days spoken to us, how? By his son. That's showing a difference. He's spoken to them in time past by the prophets, but in these days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has chosen a specific way to talk to us and to communicate to us, and he is speaking to us through his son. Get a hold of this. There's a lot of Christians that are still primarily listening to the prophets that God spoke in time past through. Now, I'm not saying there's no, not some good things you can't get out of the Old Testament, but don't get don't but but don't get me wrong, but catch what he, this passage is saying. It's showing a difference. Something has changed about how he is speaking to us today. It, you see, he didn't speak to them in the past through his son, but today us he is. In these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. Now, in fact, in Matthew chapter 17, and this is repeated a number of times in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 17. This is when Jesus went on the Mount of Transfiguration and some of his disciples were with him. And, And Matthew 17 verse 5 says this. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, so they heard a voice. This is the voice of God speaking here when they're up on the mount. Uh, uh, this is what the voice said. They heard Suddenly a voice came out of the clouds saying, this is my beloved son. Pointing to Jesus, this right here. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now notice this next two words. Hear him. Hear him. In fact, in some Bibles, it puts that as an exclamation mark. It's almost, it's a command. Listen to him, some translations say. This is my son. Listen to him. Hear him. Hear what he is saying. What's God doing? Why, Why is he saying? Listen, hear him. He is pointing us to a particular place He wants us to listen to many Christians are looking everywhere else except where God is telling them to listen. Now, if there are some things that he has specifically said, I want you to hear what my son is saying then we need to really listen. We need to stop looking everywhere else to make never ceases to amaze me how Christians look everywhere in the Bible, about sickness, including all over the Old Testament, and they won't hear what God is saying through His Son. They seem to block off, they seem to find scriptures in the Old Testament and that contradict things Jesus say, but they hold to something they see in the Old Testament, and they want to listen more to that than what God says through His Son. God said in Hebrews, which I just read, in these days, he's speaking to us through his son. Listen to him. Listen to him. In fact, that same thing. Matthew, uh, Mark 9:7 says the same thing. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Luke 9:35 says the same thing. And a voice, a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. Listen to him. Why is God constantly pointing us to hear him? Well, one of the reasons is what I read you in Ephesians. That God purposed in himself that he wanted us to know his will. He wanted to make known the mystery of his will. That was not made known to previous generations. There were things that were not made known about the will of God in the Old Testament. The New Testament says that. Shows us that. it, it was it, These truths were not made known before Jesus. But specific truths were made known through the Son and through the the, the 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 church that, that he commissioned. God wants us to listen and pay attention to those. Now I'm gonna apply this into healing in just a moment. But let me let me show you one other verse quickly. Acts chapter 3. This is when Peter stood up in the day of Pentecost. Uh and the Holy Spirit has just been poured out, and the church is just starting. This is the beginning of the church age, we could say. Acts chapter 3. Uh, Peter quotes Moses. Let's read the quote. It's in Acts 3. You'll also find it in the Old Testament. But Moses. uh, Let's read it in Acts 3. It says this. For Moses truly said to the fathers. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet. Like me from your brethren. This is a prophecy about the coming Messiah. Moses spoke this. And Peter quotes it in Acts says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things. Whatever he says to you. Why does God keep repeating this? Why does God keep saying, I'm speaking to you through my son. Listen to him. Hear him. Now, if we could find these things elsewhere, if we could just go into the Old Testament and find all these answers with, and ignore what we see in Jesus, then why would we need to? Why would God keep saying, Listen to Him, hear Him? There's something I want you to see from Him that you won't see somewhere else. It's because we need to pay attention. Other this, when God points you in a certain direction, when His Word says, Look here, listen here, that's where we need to look and that's where we need to listen. One of the reasons a lot of Christians are so confused about healing, and whether God wants them healed, it's because they're looking everywhere else, not listening what God has revealed through his son. Now, in the area of healing, was healing a part of Jesus' life and ministry? My word, you'd have to rewrite the Gospels to take healing out of the ministry of Jesus. It is everywhere. All over, over and over again, healing shows up. In the ministry of Jesus. It wasn't even a side issue. It wasn't a small issue. <coughs> it's a major part of his ministry. Why? Why? The one person God said. Listen to him. And even in scriptures we could put it this way. Look at him. Because Jesus said. If you've seen me. You've seen the father. Why? If. If God wants to look everywhere else, why does he specifically tell us, look at his son and listen, because that's where we're going to learn some things. And then the very place he wants us to look and listen is the very place that is saturated with a healing ministry. Why? It's because God wants us to understand in our day. That healing is a big part of what he has and what he wants to do. When God chose to reveal his will through his son, he sent him with a healing ministry. Grab a hold of this and and let it open your eyes. How many people did Jesus ever say, and I'm not saying elsewhere in scripture, I'm saying in the ministry of Jesus. How many people did Jesus ever say to them, God doesn't want to heal you? I challenge you to find me that statement anywhere in what jesus said i challenge you to find in the ministry of jesus anyone where that jesus said to them your sickness is glorifying the lord so you need to stay sick i challenge you to find that statement i challenge you to find in the ministry of jesus where jesus ever said to anybody sorry I know you've come to me for healing, but you know, you're the one. It's not the will of the Lord to heal. So run along now. And you, you keep following my ministry, but you need to stay sick. You won't find that in the Gospels. You won't find that in the ministry of Jesus. I challenge you to find somebody that got that Jesus said to them that God made them sick. You won't find that. Why won't you find these things in the ministry of Jesus? Because God is not saying them. Capture that. How come so many ministers are saying these things when they are not said by the son? The one person we're supposed to be listening to. We're supposed to be saying what he said. We're supposed to be following him. We're followers and disciples of Jesus. Why are we saying things that he didn't say when we're supposed to be listening to him? Is it because we've been ignorant in some areas? Is it because we haven't seen what God is trying to show us through his son? Now, I'm say, I'm not saying this as a, to, to, to condemn. I'm saying this because it's my desire that your eyes are opened. I want you to begin to realize not once did Jesus Not once did Jesus ever say to a person, God is teaching you something through this sickness. So you're going to have to stay sick a while, while you learn the lesson. Not once did Jesus say that to a single person. Not once did Jesus say to a single person, you're going to have to wait until God is ready to heal you. Not once. You will not find that statement Or similar anywhere in anything Jesus said. Now I know people take some of the things that Jesus said. When Jesus was dealing with sick people. And they'll take the beginning statements. And some things, some of the discussion between Jesus and his disciples. Or Jesus and the sick person. And people will teach all kinds of things out of that passage. About how we must stay sick. The incredible thing is they are using a passage where someone was healed. You can't just take... The statements at the beginning of the passage where Jesus is talking and neglect the fact that by the end of that passage, the person is healed. Every one of those people where, where people say, well, you see this person, you know, that glorified the Lord. Yes. And six verses later, they're healed. Not four years later, not six months later, not even three days later. By the end of the passage, that person is healed. And yet people take those passages they pull a statement out and then they try to use that statement to teach that people need to stay sick. And they're pulling it out of a passage where a man was or a person is healed. That's twisting the word of God. We need to realize that every one of these passages that we have, where we have the healing ministry of Jesus, every one of them by the end of the passage in a few verses is healed. I challenge you to find one passage where we're given detail where Jesus wouldn't heal someone or where he said they had to stay sick. You won't find it. Why did God say to us in Hebrews, I spoke in time passed by the prophets and in these days I'm speaking to you through my son. And then he, went, he said in Matthew 17, hear him, listen to him. Why did he say that? Because it is the will of God for us to know his will. And he has revealed some things through Jesus and through the New Testament. He has opened our eyes in areas where his will was previously a mystery. And where we were previously in the dark in some areas. God has turned the lights on. And that is why it is so important that Christians come into the New Testament and look where the light is. Because when we do, we'll get some clarity. We'll have some understanding. And we'll know what we're supposed to submit to and what we're supposed to resist. We'll know what the end is trying to do in our life and what God's trying to do in our life. The New Testament brings clarity. So let's open our hearts to this. And, and I, I pray that you hear, hear my heart in teaching this day. And look in the scriptures for yourself. Ask yourself, did Jesus ever say someone had to stay sick? Did Jesus ever walk away from a person and say to them, sorry, I don't want to heal you. Or God doesn't want to heal you. Or the Lord's teaching you, so you need to stay sick. Did that ever happen in the ministry of Jesus? Do we have a single record of happening? Then why is it in church, the, the church that Jesus is the Lord and head of, and we are the disciples of Jesus, in his church, why are we saying things he never said? Why are we telling people things about sickness that are not consistent with what he said? We've got to re-examine ourselves. Re-examine whether we are really listening to what he said in this area. Because if you begin to open your heart, you'll begin to realize God has revealed his will through Jesus. And what we see through Jesus is healing. His desire, his will to heal. And his will has not changed. He revealed it to Jesus so that we can know it and so we can walk in it. He didn't reveal it and then pull away again and stop revealing it. He revealed it so that we can know it in our generation as well. And if you open your heart to that, you'll you'll begin to realize all these questions, all these uncertainties. About whether God wants us sick or whether it glorifies the Lord or whether God's trying to do something, or the or we don't know if the enemy, you know, maybe God's using the devil, all kind of all of these things can get answered, and their answers are not as complicated as we've made them out to be. God's desire for your life is healing. And if you'll open your heart to that, you can receive healing. The The things that have blocked that healing come. Sometimes it's it's lack of knowledge. Sometimes it's ignorance in areas. And it can be ignorance in these simple areas. As we take those blinders off and open our heart and say, Father God, I see that you've revealed your will through your son. And you're speaking to me through your son still. And I open my heart and I believe that I'm going to take all that resistance off where I'm not being certain what you want, where you want me healed. I'm just going to receive that that healing can flow into your life. So let's pray here for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that in your word, you've revealed to us your will. Thank you that you have shown us through your son, your desire, your plan for us. Lord, I thank you. You don't want us in the dark. You don't want the church confused in the area of healing. You don't want us not knowing whether you want us sick or whether you want us heal. Whether it comes from you, whether it comes from the enemy. All this confusion. It's not your plan. You have shown us your plan. It is your good pleasure to make your will known. And we open our hearts and we receive that. And we thank you, Father God, that, that, that we can know your will. We see your will in Jesus. Thank you for sh- teaching us. Thank you for showing us that it is your will to heal. And right now, as we open our hearts to that truth, in the name of Jesus, uh, we receive that healing. I pray, Father God, that your healing power comes upon people. And I thank you that healing is released. And we stand in agreement. I stand in agreement with people who are listening to this sick. And I thank you, Father God, for healing. And in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. In the name of Jesus, receive that healing in your body and be whole. And we give you the glory and the honor for that, Father God. And I thank you that you are moving and healing is manifesting. And I thank you, Father God, for the miracles and the healings that are, we, that are taking place. And we're going to continue to hear it take place. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you today. And... Um, uh, for some people today, might have been a, a little bit more of a simpler teaching or even some re- re- repetition of things that I've talked before. But at the moment, I have it on my heart to really go back to some of the basic truths and to begin to lay the groundwork and, and fill in some of the holes and some of the gaps to help clarify some things. So I pray that this helps you in that area today. Now, Monday to Friday at, at uh, 9.30 in the morning UK time, Uh, I do a 15-minute devotional every day. It's on the the YouTube channel and the Facebook page and on the website. You're welcome to join us for that. Uh, And every Sunday night we do these healing teachings. So there will be some more specifically on healing next Sunday night. And then the Friday teachings. So God bless you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we will see you again soon.